was hoping for someone younger or you know more glam someone like a female I like and you know video what's funny a lot is because it's just capturing a moment of time you want to have you know an amazing saying? story but you don't want necessarily to feel like it's yeah, been a lot because it's just capturing a moment of time hey welcome to the first ever episode of the journey podcast i'm your co-host emma jackson and i'm jose Carrera. And uh, yeah, we run the Idea Farm. It's a creative agency headquartered in Houston, Texas. And we decided to launch this podcast to dive into all things marketing and business to help scale businesses because it's all the stuff that we wish we knew. And then mm -hmm. the podcast that we're like, let's make the content that we wish is out there. On top of that, we want to document our journey. You know what I'm saying? It's been a crazy ride the last couple of years. So why not kind of document it a little bit? Yeah, from two young business owners from very different backgrounds who both have one crazy dream. And I feel old, honestly, 32 years old. Oh, 32 years old, <laughs> so old. But how old were you when you started your first business? 22, I believe. And I was 22 when I took over the idea farm. So, yeah, I think we both came at it from a very young age. And I don't know about you, I didn't have a mentor, really. I didn't have, like, a, it wasn't a set pathway. It was kind of thrown in to figure it out. So, um, yeah, I had, I mean, I had a couple of mentors, um, people I looked up to. I always been an individual that, um, I go to events and I talk to a lot of in different people and I kind of like pick their brains and then I follow up questions with them. Um, but I think like the biggest one was, uh, Professor Fox, you know, it's like mm -hmm. Fox. Um, I think he was, a uh, kind of the one that really pushed me into opening the barbershop and kind of getting more into, creative stuff more marketing stuff so and i will say i want to take that back because i there was one person that was there from the very beginning he was a family friend dennis, dennis? cox mm. and uh i never expected i think sometimes when i think about a mentor i was hoping for someone younger or you know more glam someone like a female and you know what's funny is he is this older gentleman super experienced in business and but a different kind of business real estate development and construction and all of that but he taught me the business principles no matter what kind of business you run, I'm realizing they all kind of work the same. Yeah. You always have to sell the product. Yeah. And he taught me some of the most valuable stuff. And then when I met you, I was like, you're like a baby Dennis Cox. <laughs> I take it as a compliment. <laughs> you should. You should. Okay. So I want to talk to you about videography today. Okay. In part because we know it is huge in 2024. It is going to drive so much growth, content creation. But also in part because that's a huge passion of yours and you have learned a lot about it as we prepare for this podcast. Yeah. So I want to know a little bit more about all the things that you've learned because Jose is this amazing educator and he can just take in all of this information in a very short period of time because he does not sleep ever. I do sleep. Very little and, you know, consumes so much information and, you know, you're able to share it and learn so much i think i like video a lot because it's just capturing a moment in time you know what i'm saying and depending on the story you want to tell that's how you capture the image or the video um i have learned a lot in the last couple months from even our team casey has taught me a lot about lighting um and how to properly set the light the mood so we can get the interactions we want I remember jay taught me a lot of the original editing stuff so it's it's honestly a great way to express yourself um, as a, you know, a company, as a business owner, or as an indiv individual. Um, and I think 2024 is the breaking year for companies to actually experiment, to create their own lines, to create their own videos, and put themselves out there in a different aspect. Video's been around forever. Think about it, like commercials, TVs. But now it's in a different outlook, in a sense. It's more about 
capturing the real and not trying to create something fake. Yeah, no, I feel like, especially with, like, short-form content and a ton of stuff being very in-the-moment, super, super organic, uh, it's it's that interplay of how do you produce really, really, really high-quality content, but at the same time, something that's not overproduced. Because now with TikTok and Instagram Reels, even YouTube, you want to have an amazing story, but you don't want necessarily to feel like it's yeah. been overproduced. And I don't think... So I think you can create a, amazing videos with whatever gear you have because it doesn't matter the camera or the light. It matters more the story that you're telling. Um, same thing like in music, right? You can have a really crappy produced song and then you're like, you're peaking, but if the actual message of the music the vibe is there people are going to react and identify with and then they're going to push it same thing with the video right we can film off an iphone which honestly iphone camera is phenomenal and you can capture really really good video but if the story isn't there and the quality is there it's not going to hit but if the story is there and like the message there and people identify with the message and the story boom that being said though you are a sucker for quality and everything about you you were what an audio engineer by trade yes yeah to school for audio engineering so to me it I think it's just challenging to, for me, I want to challenge myself to get better and better. For Before we started this recording, I tell you, oh, this is the most <laughs> professional set we have ever built together from our days of back in Valpo with that little uh, um, loft that we rented it out, remember that? And then to this now, um, it's, to me, it's just, I want to elevate myself. So I'm pushing myself to get better, not only in the production side, but also on the storytelling side and, um, and I'm understanding more and more every day that it's, it's more about the production of the story and the script and, like, how do you actually interpret that? Not what camera you have, what lens you have, what light you have, um, but it's more about the actual content. Okay, so I have a lot of questions because I don't necessarily come from this world. I love to tell a good story, but I don't know the technical. I'm more of a creative where I'll come in and I'll be like, uh... I have this vision and you're like this is how we're going to make it happen okay so tell me there are a few things that have really stuck out to me mm-hmm. how something quite simple how do you get like the best 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 quality video on like a social media platform how, because you know i know a lot of people i was the same way you record something it's amazing and then by the time it gets on social media it's compressed as all get out and it just doesn't look the same i think you have to edit for the platform itself i think each platform has a different type of um compressor algorithm on the back end so it's going to be compressed in a different format and if you understand that a little bit about compression then you can edit towards that final format um youtube it's going to be a a, a way you're going to edit the videos towards on tiktok right so i think each platform and understanding like what the platform requires and the specs um just edit towards that and you're going to get the quality you want it's not going to be over compressed or looking kind of funny and what do you typically edit in uh i do final cut pro um and then i also use pro tools how easy or hard is it to learn those programs i mean final cut pro is phenomenally easily compared to premiere (laughs) (laughs) um and i i think i I learned it off using logic back in the day so i used to run i used to record music off logic before i started using pro tools in school um so the kind of like the elements are the same and then you know you kind of go from um, iMovie into a more professional setting. So learning off those free programs kind of gave me like the basis to it. And then on top of that, a lot of YouTube videos and then courses that we bought over the years to get better at editing and stuff like that. And then color correcting and stuff like that. Casey has taught me a lot about color balancing, color correcting, and color enhancing. She's Ashley. She says she's not a colorist, but I think she might be. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So 
Okay, tell me your top camera pick for 2024 and why. FX30. Phenomenal camera. But it's one, it's a Sony budget. FX30, right? Yeah, Sony FX30. Okay. It's a budget camera friendly. Um, it's a workhorse. It's very versatile and it's honestly simple to use to a novice. Like me not knowing that much about cameras a year ago, uh, it was very easy to pick it up, start recording off and get a great picture. And then if I want to use S-Log or stuff like that, I can transition into that. Um, and so it's a very scalable camera for anybody to use. And it's honestly for, I think, what, sixteen to $2,000 is not a bad entryway camera. No. It's like, from what I've noticed, because I was always in the Canon camp, for sure, but I did more photography, is that Sony, it's easy to use. The picture is incredible. It's better. So I would say this. I think Sony kills in the low-light spectrum. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, you get a lot less noise in there. On top of that, I mean, I'm not a professional when it comes to, like, Sony cameras. I'm not an ambassador for Sony. But I do. Yet. Yeah, but I do love the quality of the image and how easily we can manipulate the image. But the same thing could be said about Canon. At the end of the day, Canon, it's a phenomenal brand. It's been around for a long time. But when it comes to video, I will say there are, I feel like there are so many more settings and so many things you have to tweak on camera to get that picture. Because we compared. So we have Canon cameras, we have Sony, we have a pretty good stock. And we went back and forth trying to get the exact same image or something darn near close out of both cameras and it took way longer to outfit the Canons to something that, you know, the color profile that was pretty easy for the Sony to, to build pretty quickly. Yeah, so Sony, uh, I think I think the menu setting on the Sony is just, and the FX30, I'm gonna say use FX30 because each Sony camera is a little bit different. It's simpler to use in a sense, like you have your aperture, you have um, all the settings there, you know, your frame rate, all the settings in one little screen that you can control, you can manipulate, and it's faster to get the image that you want. On top of it, too, it's, like, not even the image, like, the settings on the camera, and people, please correct me. I think it's also just the lighting um, before you start recording. You kind of put it in. You, you built the light. You put the set around what you like, and then the camera will adapt to it. Yeah. That makes any sense. And if I'm speaking wrong, please correct me, guys, in the comments <laughs> below. No, I think so. Um, and then something else I've learned a lot from you is audio quality matters tremendously. Yeah. So... I think that's, if you don't have good audio, the video is never going to be good. Um, <laughs> honestly, because think about it like this. Like, you remember those movies back in, like, I don't know, uh, the silent films? Yeah, 1920s and earlier. Yeah. yeah. So then from silent films came to, like, a little, the little jingles, the little, you know, music in the background. And then the picture was moving. Um, but then now you go to today's, right? And today's, you, you hear ambient noise from one scene to the other scene. You hear sound effects. Every single scene in a in a TV show, in a movie, there's music, there's some type of audio driving that narrative of the story. Um, and if it's not pictured, if it's not captured correctly, if it's not developed correctly or produced correctly, the the story suffers. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I think audio is key. Just that's the number one thing you have. You have to have great audio, great processing, great editing of the audio. Second is lighting. I think lighting goes a lot into telling the story. Because you get like the dramatic feel to it, right? And then, or the clarity you want from the, the light. And then, secondly, the cameras capturing the audios and the lenses. And I just, I recently got more into diving into the lenses or which lenses are correct to use and not correct to use. Um, just showing things like if you want to look a little bit skinnier, you can put a 70 millimeter, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Stuff like that. Um, well, going back to audio, tell me what mics uh, we're recording on right now. And then, are those your like preferred pick? Like, 
Yeah, because I know that you SS7Bs are my. I honestly think they're gonna. They're the industry standards for podcasts for radio. But not only they they're using the studios. Michael Jackson recorded Thriller off this mic. It's a really good dynamic microphone that captures the audio from the top. And it kind of like blocks a lot of the audio from the background. So we are kind of treated right here. So we can see bass traps in the walls. We're in a somewhat treated room, but not fully treated, right? We have doors open in the side. Um, and it helps kind of eliminate some of the background noise. And then, of course, when we put in, in Pro Tools, we're going to put like a D-verb on it and make sure it's fully flat. And then start building up stuff like that to get the, the, the audio quality that we want. But this really helps that process. Think about it if you have like a... a a microphone that picks up every little noise, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're going to waste a lot of time in the back end kind of capturing that. On top of that, it has a really good, like, flat response. It has a little boost on the bass, so just gives you a nice presence. I just like how it looks, you know? <laughs> looks really professional. No, I, I honestly, I have started paying a lot more attention to audio since I started working with you and understanding that for most of us that are not trained audio engineers, it's in the background. You don't notice it you're much more likely to notice the lighting of a scene, the color, you know, the storyline. And then all of a sudden you realize when the audio is bad or when an element is taken away that's key. Now I watch something and I can't help but listen. Yeah. And I realize what a big part the audio is. In I mean, the and story. we kind of like, we have evolved us, right? So we started using Rode um, Lava Leaders a lot. And then we went to Sennheiser Boom Mics. Um, and I don't remember the last project we were working with Danville. There is, um, there is some audios that were like really, really crisp, and there were some audios that were like we had to process them a little bit differently to get the audio matching. Um, I think at the end of the day, when it comes to audio, you do need to spend a little bit better money to get a better microphone to actually process the image. When it comes to music, I mean, and this is I'm I'm talking about when it comes to like the cameras and recording videos, but when it comes to music, um, it's a creative art. You're picking a microphone to kind of represent the vibe or the feel of the track you want to record you know what i'm saying or the artist you're recording so you can go from like an uh, audio technica to like a, a sure you know what i'm saying ss7b you can you can you can pick whatever mic i mean i've seen blue bottles you know what i'm saying that sound really phenomenal it's music is more interpretive and in how the track is going to be produced and kind of like the feel you're trying to get for it and the video stuff is more like you're trying to actually capture accuracy and how the actual audio is in real life. And you're trying to like mimic that. So when we're processing audio for video, we're not enhancing a lot of it. We're just cleaning it up so it can be you know, real. Yeah. If that makes any sense. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So back to like business owners, I don't think they need to have a degree in, in audio engineering to produce videos for their business. I think at the end of the day, as long as they're capturing a a relatively good video off I would say an iPhone because I'm an Apple Apple fanatic, um, and they're telling a good story. It's gonna it's gonna it's gonna get traction. You know what I'm saying? I think after you get traction, it's really when you start like building a team around you, hiring the right people, the right contractors, the right employees, whatever you're saying. Then you can start refining your product. Okay, but talking to those business owners, you're doing at least one to five million dollars a year in sales. You're really looking to enter a more professional scene right so maybe you were a small business and you're entering into a regional space that kind of thing maybe now is the time that they want to start thinking about more professional video here's my question do they do it in-house do they hire out what are the benefits pros and cons um cost wise it's 
probably cheaper. <sighs> this is hard because we just spent like 25 Gs. <laughs> um, if you're willing to make the investment, let's say if you're willing to make the investment um, to bring the in, like bring the gear in-house and bring the talent in-house and build up the set, it's cheaper in the long run to, to you know, do it in-house. But I guess it depends what role you want video to play in your business, right? Because exactly. if you want it to be like, if you want to build a set and you want to, you know, do regular recurring, almost like a show as yeah. a part of what you're doing. But a lot of people don't want to, you know, get into that. They want greatly, you know, they want great content for social media or commercials. I mean, I'm so I will say this. I assume that most businesses, right, um, they want some type of marketing presence. They're constantly going to either work with a, a creative agency like us to develop products for them so they can use on their marketing side. Or they're gonna bring in a house, and then they're gonna understand the value of marketing to their business and how fast they can scale that. With that, with that growth, there's gonna be some type of refinement to that message they're sharing to their communities. Hiring a third-party company like us, for example, might not be the biggest benefit to a company that's scaling really fast because that media is gonna be constantly changing and refining to their message, mm -hmm. which is easier when they have an in-house team that can meet up every Monday, this is our new message, this is what we're going to go for, this is what we're doing, versus a creative agency that you're going back through a pitch refining, it's like, hey. Well, so a lot of people don't know the role that a creative agency can have at these different stages of business, right? Mm -hmm. So with smaller businesses, we'll jump in and we'll do everything. We'll write the script, we'll come up with, you know, the, the whole idea, the whole process, we'll bring in a team, we'll do everything. And then for medium-sized businesses, it's more of a collaboration. They probably have someone on staff, maybe a few people. Which I honestly right? love because at that point, it's like you're – I can come in and just focus on bringing the quality, mm -hmm. and then that company can focus on the messaging. And even for large-scale businesses, you might ask, okay, why do Fortune 500 companies even hire creative agencies? And they hire us all the time. It's because they want a different perspective, exactly. right? And they want a team to attack a very, very niche problem. They might say, like Lay's might come in and say, okay, we need our, you know, That's we want to drop a new product in Costa Rica and we want specifically to have content created. Or it could be, you know, we want to do an event in Florida and we want to have a specific campaign just dedicated to that and hiring a team that could just execute that. On top of that too is like, I feel like when you get to that level, you're hiring so many different companies, right? So Kanye is famous for this. I'm going to go back to music for a sec. Kanye is famous for hiring like four or five different um, mastering engineers so they can max his record. And he hires all of them, and then he listens to all the track, and he picks the best one that he feels best represents the vibe of his record. I think companies do the same thing. They hire like four or five different creative agencies to film the same commercial to a certain degree. But each commercial or each company is going to um, record that commercial or produce that commercial a little bit differently. And Lace is going to pick whichever best they feel works for that particular campaign. Mm -hmm. Or they A-B test and they do them all. It's the same take on like what's one campaign, but it's done in you know different ways. Exactly. But I think circling back, I think it's crucial to understand like the needs of the business and mm -hmm. whatever benefits the business. If it's one or five million and they think... Working with contractors in a creative agency, it's going to be beneficial for them. Of course, I think at the end of the day, it's a conversation between the marketing head of that company and the actual agency that's producing the work. Oh, and something else. Uh, if you're in that process where you think you want to build a team because you see in the next five years, okay, it's going to make more sense for us to actually have a studio, have a set, have one or two people that are just dedicated to that. 
you don't have to do it alone. You can hire an agency like us to come in and actually consult on what kind of equipment, what kind of technology, because you will waste so much time and money trying to figure out the I right mean, equipment and the right setup. And we, when we built our, our studio downstairs, we actually had, a, you know, your friend come out who's a professional sound mm -hmm. engineer and who she builds studios for a living. And I'm over here like, oh, I think that the desk should go over here for aesthetics. And she's <laughs> she like, like, no. no. And she's like, it needs to be at least three feet from the wall and the, the speakers have to be here. And so just the benefit of, using a team of experts even if it's not fully if it's like come in help with what mm. you need and yeah. then let them go i was talking to dan um saturday when he came out here to film we had a really good conversation about the older we get the more we feel like we don't know what we think we know and the more we're, we are open to uh collaboration mm. because at the end of the day is like Yes, I remember the formula RT60 reparation, so you know what I'm saying, so you can get the actual reverb off the walls. But what's the last time I actually put that into practice? You gotta feel me? And on top of that, it's like, honestly, it's like, how many times have I set up a studio and actually learned from those mistakes? Like, huh, maybe the panel should be here, maybe this should be here. She has done this so many different times that she kind of knows, like, based off her experience. And I think what as probably one of the benefits of working with an agency is like we've done it so many times we know the errors and we can fix them back to if you want to staff your agency i think the first hire you should ever do is a producer hire a producer that can hire the contractors to film and produce the content that you want for your agency i think that would probably save you a lot of money okay so we've been talking a lot about high quality like fit like videography um with the most professional setup Let's talk about short form content mm -hmm. and uh, what role you think that I want to know. I'm picking your brain on this, like, but feel free to ask me questions as well. I want to know what role you think short form content is going to play in 2024 and like what, you know, how businesses should handle that. Are we, you know, should they hire out? Like, do they have an in staff person? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So I think, I think short form should be in house 100%. Uh, I'm saying that because it's so fast moving. I mean, depending on the platform you're on, you're posting multiple times a day, right? Um, what, let's talk about uh, gear. iPhone is going to be it. Uh, I'm not trying to put a plug in here, but if you buy a short, I think SMB, it's a little small microphone that connects to the iPhone, so boom, and it sounds phenomenal. It elevates the game so much. And there's um, a bunch of different ones that also are aesthetic as well as, you know, good audio and find mm -hmm. a mix because you'll see people on TikTok and all sorts of social media platforms that have like the hold one and there's a whole aesthetic around that. So just make sure you're not compromising the aesthetic for you know, it's, quality. It's funny. I've seen some of the, <laughs> some of people that they have a set of microphones and they're not, they're using that as prop and they have like the boom right over. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really, really, really funny because uh, they realize, okay, the quality actually sucks, but everyone's <laughs> using this. Uh, um, no. And then something I do want to mention is I've seen a lot of, um, I, this this applies for like medium size and up businesses. They're like, yep, we know we need TikTok or we know we need Instagram. We're going to do short form. They hire some, you know, someone who may have amazing ideas, but then they have a big review process. They're like, come to the meeting, show us your ideas. And then it could be a week or two or three before the idea ever gets published. And by that point, it's the dead. trend's gone. It's yep. dead. I so. think so. I mean, for me, let's let's talk about us, right? We're notoriously bad at actually posting on social media. Consistently. Consistently. Yeah. I think we use it more as an experimental phase for us. Like, uh, I think for the last two months, we went hard on Instagram, not for, you know, the platform, but for our self-knowledge and quality testing, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
I think when it comes into businesses, I honestly think if they have a simple iPhone, a simple little micro- microphone that connects to the iPhone, and they're just capturing the moments, and they're just posting the moments on TikTok, phenomenal. But I think, rather than going completely off the cuff and having absolutely no plan... They have, they have an know, idea, right? Yeah, I think that coming up with a, a direction, so what do you want your personality of your business to be online Mm -hmm. and how is that going and it has to be it can't just be what you want but how is that going to hit your audience attract your customers because at the end of the day that's like the full goal you're building a community so that you can eventually monetize that community but they have to understand that different platforms have different goals like tiktok that's great on tiktok but i think youtube shorts it's 100 percent different you know what i'm saying i think youtube shorts is more of a curated video Mm-hmm. Just on a 60-second span, you know what I'm saying? I, I can't remember if it was 60 seconds or 45 seconds. No, but we see a lot of businesses that come in that they know they want to be on social media or they've started, but they don't have a clear direction. They're just mm-hmm. posting to post, and they're mimicking what a lot of other people have done. They're like, oh, this business got, you know, a million views on this video, so I'm going to do this video. And I'm like, yeah, but what purpose does it serve? Is it helping to build your community? Mm-hmm. Is it teaching, you know, is it teaching something? Is it entertaining? Is it going to bring you more customers is it going to grow your business and a lot of times they haven't gotten that far they haven't thought about that so you don't have to plan out the individual videos so much as you want to plan out the the trajectory of your channel and your platforms for us i honestly i know we have to start getting more consistently with our, our posting but eventually like my goal is to produce more curated videos for youtube and shorts I think Instagram, um, we were talking to Miss Ferrari, Liz Ferrari yesterday, and she hit on the money, um, or her... And she's our media buyer. Let's just introduce people don't know the people yeah. in our lives, so... Um, and she, her team hit on the money pretty much. It's like, hey, um, TikTok for us should be behind-the-scenes stuff, mm-hmm. right? And YouTube should be primarily YouTube. So I think at the end of the day is identify what platforms and the reason we're using those platforms to build our business or our message, mm-hmm. like you were just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Any final thoughts about video and the Hon- way you see it going in 2024? Honestly, I think at the end of the day, I love it. Um, I think we're going to keep evolving. Um, I think people should keep experimenting. I don't think there's a right or wrong way to film video. I think it's just honestly a creative look. I think it should be used as a creative expression to your business, to your messaging. I think you should have fun. I think you should experiment. I think you should post, learn from your mistakes, experiment to go on YouTube. I have a $400 course. So don't go to school for it. That's a whole different topic. Um, and just have fun. I think if you have fun in what you do, it's going to come out great. Look at the set. We kind of almost died building the set. but We painted that wall by ourselves. And if you look a little closely, you can probably figure that out. Um, but <laughs> I think it looks great. Yeah. No, well, we saw that painting, but that's a whole different no. story. Moving on. So, um, yeah, if you like this kind of content, you want to hear really honest conversations between business owners who are figuring it out, but also who've learned a lot over the past few years. Give us a subscribe, you know, and share it with your friends, family, that kind of stuff. Yeah, follow. Eventually, we're going to get, I hope you're going to get some more, like, interview-wise. Bring some really cool guests on board. Oh, we have some really cool guests scheduled for this season, and um, I'm excited for some surprises coming up to share with you all. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Thanks.